Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday, October 25th. My name is JJ Jackson. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage, whether that's ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and the SEC. I can always catch the games when I want on Sling. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Here on Lockdown Blue Devils, a daily podcast talking about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Today we got to talk about Darren Harris committing to play basketball for Duke University. We'll have a Duke recruiting look back with our good buddy Jason Jordan from Sports Illustrated and a whole lot more on today's show. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page as well. All right, let's bring on our good pal Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated. And Jason, we start with the big news. Darren Harris has committed to play basketball for Duke. Yeah, big commitment, obviously. Um, you know, 6'6 guard who is going to earn his time on the court by knocking down shots. Like, he, I, I think he's an underrated playmaker, and I think he can get to the cup. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, his ability to stretch the defense and knock down shots is what's going to earn him playing time. And that's just the bottom line. So, um, you know, the, the good thing is that is his specialty. And Duke got definitely one of the top snipers in the 2024 class and just in the country period. I mean, he's really that good. He's a marksman. He can knock down shots off the move. He definitely can knock down shots set. And he has the ability to create his own shots. So he's got the trifecta there. Um, and that's what you look for in an elite sniper, and that's exactly what Darren Harris is. Probably helps that a few years ago, Mike Krzyzewski and his staff, including John Shire, uh, were able to gain a commitment from Jeremy Roach, who's now a jun- junior captain on the team, saw Trevor Keels a season ago, and now Darren Harris. And Jason, the one thing that connects these three basketball players is what? Uh, Paul the Six. Paul the Six. Talk about a pipeline in the DMV. Um, yeah, man, you know, that those pipelines are real, man. And so uh, the best pipeline is word of mouth. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no way around that. But that's talking about word of mouth. And then, you know, you have to – but it, it speaks to the um, the program. And, you know, you don't – I know a lot of pipelines that don't work because uh, situations aren't conducive to uh, keeping a pipeline going, let's say it the nice way. So um, the fact that – They've had high-level five-star players go there and have a lot of success and be basically their mouthpiece in their marketing. I mean, that's invaluable. And so that certainly helped in this regard, and that'll help them for the future for sure. Yeah, and good thing for Duke that it has gone so well on the recruiting efforts with players like Jeremy Roach and Trevor Keels and that they're playing experience at Duke. As you're saying, has it been soured that they are recommending other people from their high school, Paul the Sixth, they're in the DMV area, as you said, to come play basketball as well. So Darren Harris is the first recruit for Duke in the class of 2024. And of course, we're talking college basketball recruiting with our good pal, Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated. All of this brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. They are the official college football and college basketball 
recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. So Jason, talking about that class of 2024 in particular, Dylan Harper just had a visit to Duke this past weekend for countdown to craziness. You've talked about his ability as a point guard. Point guards love having shooters around them. Darren Harris is there. And now we'll see if there's uh, sort of a, a big effect with more recruits coming for Duke. Yeah, I mean, you know, just speaking to Dylan Harper and Darren Harris, that potential uh, matchup in the backcourt, um, I think it would be um, an exceptional, uh, just, you know, collection of talent because what both of them do, they, you know, they they could they could definitely use each other. Meaning, D- Dylan Harper doesn't; he's not a sniper. Like he's a he's a shot maker, but he's a a breakdown uh, defender who can get to the cup. You know, he can score at all three levels, but he's really a playmaker and a guy who likes to find shooters on the perimeter. So um, that would be like a perfect marriage for sure in the backcourt. But, you know, Dylan Harper, with his ability to get to the cup and just big boy guards, I call him like a guy who was able to big boy guards and just uh, use his strength and his uh, savvy shiftiness to get to the cup. And, you know, he thrives in the mid-range as well with that floater. So um, to have a shooter on the wing, to, for him to be able to get a piece of the paint, which Duke is classically known for, their guards get a piece of the paint and kick out. Um, I think that would be a matchup made in heaven. And I, you know, I think, and I know they, Duke made a, quite the impression on Dylan at a Countdown to Craziness. So um, it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. I don't expect things to happen overnight, but um, you could do a lot worse than getting, yeah. a, doing a, getting a recruit on campus for an event like Countdown to Craziness. Well, this doesn't have to be so necessarily focused on Dylan Harper, but I'm curious your perspective that we've got this first commit in the class of 2024 across the country. Where where is Darren Harris fitting in in terms of just timeline and committing? Is he is he one of the first premier guys to make a college decision? Do you expect more guys to follow suit, or is this going to be something that we wait until the turn of the year until January or so comes around to get more and more commits. Where is Harris line up in that? And when will we really see that big role of recruits coming in across the sport? Well, we've had a couple 24, 24 guys uh, have a couple. I won't say he's like the first major domino to fall. Uh, we've had a couple 24 guys. Okay. Fall. Um, but I do think you'll have an influx. Uh, it's, it's hard to say because either you do, like right before the season starts, this is usually the pattern, right before the season starts, or they tend to wait until after the season starts. A lot of them don't usually commit middle of the season, January-ish, um, if you're looking at trends. So um, I would say, you know, we'll see, we'll know a lot over the next, like, three or four weeks. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's either that's the trend, like around, I guess, signing day is November 16th. And most seasons start like early December. So if that's the trend that's going, you know, it usually starts a domino at that point. But if not, they tend to wait until after their season, like February is going into March. Uh, that's t- that tends to be the trend. So we'll see. But, you know, a lot of with the transfer portal, we're living in a new world of <laughs> college basketball because now 24 guys I've talked to are also considering that. And they're like, eh, maybe we want to, you know, I know coaches are, I know for a fact that coaches are pushing that, you know, agenda to say, hey, you might not want to wait. I mean, they tell me, tell them guys, man, they better not wait because we're holding out two spots, you know, for the transfer guys. And that's just the new world that we live in. 
We'll see what happens with Duke basketball moving forward, but the good thing is that they've got their first commit in the class of 2024, and Darren Harris is a player that was sought after by many programs. And again, what an elite shooter he is. He's certainly going to be able to stretch the floor for Duke basketball this upcoming season. All right, let's take our first break here in the program, and we'll talk a little bit more with our buddy Jason Jordan in just a moment here on Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today. We're brought to you by our fine friends over at Simply Safe. As everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks, but when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. I use it and I love it. You'll love it too because it's Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. 24-7 professional monitoring costs under $1 a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Our monitoring experts use proprietary response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Don't miss the chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 50% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back into today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated. As we move forward and we talk about what's to come. In uh, the class of 2023, the class of 2024, what's some of the coverage that you've got going on there at uh, SI that folks can find from you, Jason? Well, right now, I'm I'm actually on the road right now doing a story on uh, Isaiah Collier, who a lot of believe, uh, a lot of people consider to be one of the, if not the top player in the 2023 class, uh, point guard here at Wheeler High School in Atlanta. So, spending a few days with him. And uh, we're going to tell a really interesting story about um, about what he's going through in the recruitment process. So I definitely think that that is one that everybody should look out for. Then we'll have, you know, have signing days a couple weeks away, which gives me a headache. But <laughs> but it'll be fun. And then, you know, we'll have our SI-99 that, that'll be dropping in early December. So that's definitely something that people want to look out for. Well, we'll certainly be on the lookout for that on Twitter at Jason Jordan SI. So over the next few weeks, as we wait to see who that next domino could be for Duke, as more players uh, decide to set up visits for the Blue Devils in the coming weeks and watch this first season of John Shire get set to get underway. I want to go back. I, I want to do a Duke recruiting look back and kind of hear from your perspective some of these top stories, uh, looking back at some of the top recruits from Duke over the last decade or so. Duke has become one of these one-and-done factories, Jason, and so many people have been asking. They want to hear from you. So so let's start with the guy that really got it all started for Duke men's basketball, and let's go all the way back to the class of uh, 2011, 2010, when Kyrie Irving uh, decides to commit to Duke University. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. You really took me back there. (laughs) You know, the thing I remember about Kyrie, I I always thought that Kyrie was the best player in that class. I'm not just saying it because of the way it turned out. Um, but I don't think most people had uh, Harrison Barnes as a top player in that class. But the funny thing that people don't remember is that Harrison, who Harrison was one of my bloggers back then, <laughs> which is you've been doing it that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duke fans don't want to remember Harrison, but you know, people remember that Kyrie and Harrison were 
marketing marketing themselves as a package deal for a, quite a while. I mean, they used to tell me that all the time, like I'm telling you, or really thinking about doing it, you know. But that was something back in back then where guys would say that a lot, you know. But they were kind of really, you know, following through with the marketing of them being a package deal. Obviously, that didn't work out. Harrison Barnes went to the school I won't mention me because I don't want to get in trouble with your fans. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, the thing with Kyrie was everybody was saying that was a really strong point guard class because it was like, who's the best point guard? Kyrie, Brandon Knight, Josh Shelby, I think was the other one um, between those three. And then it really came down to Brandon Knight. Everybody was thinking Brandon Knight was the best player in that class who had, went on the play um, at Kentucky. And um, Kyrie really throughout that season really dominated and proved that he was the top point guard in that class. And most people had him ranked above Brandon Knight, but they had a, like a rivalry that went, in, went into the NBA and Kyrie uh, definitely ended up getting the best of that rivalry. Not to say Brandon Knight is a good player, but I mean, nobody's putting Brandon Knight over Kyrie at this point. Yeah, no doubt about that. So talking about that in particular, Kyrie Irving, again, 6-2 out of West Orange, New Jersey, played at St. Patrick's High School, took his official visit to Duke in September of 2009, commits in October, a month later. Duke goes on to win the national championship in 2010. Three seniors from that squad, Lance Thomas, Brian Zubek, and then somebody by the name of John Shire leave and start their professional careers. And then Duke's got a pair of seniors coming back to team up with the freshman phenom and Kyrie Irving, those seniors being Kyle Singler, and Nolan Smith. What do you remember about Duke in particular, Jason, during that time period uh, that made it such an appealing destination for somebody like Kyrie, who ultimately, all these years later, really did start a domino effect? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Duke was hot. I mean, when you win the national title, you're hot, right? <laughs> but Duke anyway, but then when Duke wins the national title, I remember, um, I think it was, I think we had the the cover, and it said order, order is restored, when, when they won the title back in 20 right. like that. And so if it really felt like that, even on the recruiting trail, like most guys were like Duke, nothing but Duke, 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 Duke. I remember um, when, a little later, I'm sure we'll talk about him next time, but Austin Rivers was like, Duke is just like, they just got it, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Duke, you want to be at Duke, you know what I'm saying? Because he came right after Kyrie. But um I remember going into that season when Kyrie came to campus, everybody was like, yo, is the, the, the buzz was, is Duke going to run the table? You know, everybody was like, Duke's going to go undefeated. Nobody can beat them. And they were cooking people. Like, they were roasting people. And then Kyrie gets hurt eight games into the season. Uh, <laughs> or was it eight games? It Not was eight. eight. You got it exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, – I mean, he was dominant. He was dominant. Like he had the ball. He was doing what he what he does in the NBA now. He was doing at Duke, ball on the string, getting to the cup whenever he wants to, knocking out tough shots at all three levels. Um, but then, Do then Nolan Smith was dominant, and then it was kind of. I think their timing was off because Kyrie came back in the tournament, and I think and that messed up Nolan's flow. It seemed to mess up Nolan's flow a little bit, and they just kind of didn't mesh well. On the court, anyway, and yeah. that's looked, right. I think they would probably agree with that. Just, the, I think it was a chemistry thing, and the timing was a little bad. But I mean, 
Those were some magical – that was magical 10-game run there, Kyrie. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> well, your memory serves correctly, Jason, on all of that, right? Eight games for Kyrie. He gets hurt one of those last games against Michigan State where he scored 31 points and was the best player on the floor. A game far. played inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, in total on the season, Kyrie finished with 17.5 points per game, 53% shooting from the floor, 46 from three on five attempts a game and in total he came back and did play in the tournament so 11 total games Duke loses as the one seed to Arizona in the Sweet 16 with Derek Williams on the squad Kyrie had 28 points in his final game wearing a Duke uniform so uh, pretty damn good numbers even still for Kyrie in those 11 games that he played for Duke yeah still serves as one of the best marketing tools for John Shire even to this day I mean they yeah. can you can point and say, hey, we, we let him rock. And they did. Like, they, you know, we definitely gave him the ball and said, play off your instincts and just go get it. You know, and Coach K really did. And so, you know, you see the you see who's at the end of the another one commitment video. I, I was about to bring that up because I wanted to remind people over a month ago, over a month ago, when Duke got the commitment from TJ Power, you yeah. came on here and wanted to remind people, look, that's Kyrie Irving at the very yeah. end. That's saying another one. Just saying, like, you know, that that's – and it, you could feel people uh, feel different ways about Kyrie, but at the end of the day, it's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. No doubt about that. All right, let's let's uh, let's take our final break here on the program today. We'll start to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils right after this. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help find you the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils here on this Tuesday, October 25th. J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated, a Duke recruiting look back. And we're going to keep doing these over the next few weeks. You mentioned Austin Rivers, and he's going to come up next week when we chat, Jason. Uh, But with Austin Rivers in particular, it's funny. A clip resurfaced last week when I was going through my feed. Uh, Austin had that short run as a podcast host himself titled his podcast, Go Off, and was talking on his podcast about a camp, a Darren Williams camp, when Kyrie was not well-known. Someone backed out at the last moment. The local kid in New Jersey gets the invite. All of a sudden, he stops or he starts popping off. He brought up Josh Selby and some of those names that you had mentioned a little bit earlier, and that's really when the world started to figure out who in the world Kyrie Irving is. Do you remember those days? I do, and I remember the camp he's talking about. I remember uh, he referenced that a lot. Kyrie referenced that camp a lot as okay turning points uh, in his recruitment and his just his emergence as Kyrie Irving. And he's right; like he did, he did go to that camp and dominate. Um, wow, I think that was 
was it the Nike? I remember it was some Nike camp, but it was the Darren Williams thing. That's back when they used to do um, Nike used to do camps with, with uh, players. So, so they had like a, a Deron Williams camp. Or, I remember, I forget the other guys, but it was like a player. Okay. Like the point guard was Deron Williams, so it would be all point guards. Then they would have a shooting guard, and it would be all shooting guards would go to that camp. It was like a Nike. I forget how they did it, but like the, the Nike Academy or something like that. Um, but, yeah, he definitely made his name in that camp. Austin's completely right about that. And now we know Kyrie Irving to be the great player that he is yeah. today, being able to do amazing things uh, there at St. Patrick's and then later in his career at Duke. Still to this day, watching Kyrie play in the NBA uh, another season with the Brooklyn Nets. When you watch Kyrie play basketball, Jason, what's the most impressive thing to you? Just his feel. I would say his feel. I mean, obviously we can talk about his his ball handling ability is a thing that, you know, everybody talks about. But, you know, just his, his feel as a whole, like his his anticipation on both ends of the floor. I mean, I think I always say this, Kyrie could be like an amazing defensive back. I mean, the way he anticipates on the defensive end, but just anticipates uh, the defender's uh, movements. And he's talked about that uh, before. You know, he anticipates what – that's the level he thinks that he anticipates what you're going to do as a defender based off how you're playing him on on every given play. So he really thinks the game through. He's always been like that, and that's what makes him the most dominant to me. You talk about the his career at the next level, post-Duke. Again, still only 11 games at Duke, and he's able to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Speaks to the pure talent that he's got. And then in his NBA career, hits the big shot in Game 7 of the 2016 Finals with LeBron and the Cavs to give them the title. Ball handling his feel. What about his ability to finish around the rim as well? Because at six foot two, Kyrie's not leaping over people out there on the floor, but still is so productive the closer to the basket he gets. Yeah, that's feel too. Like that, that's all about angles, and um, you know that that would come under that feel, that uh, sure. that umbrella of feel for me. Um, but yeah, the, his ability to, to chart out angles in his head, real time with. Uh, split second decisions and the accuracy he does that's different man and that's why he's special you know that's not that is not normal you know <laughs> for him to I mean I think he finishes better with his left hand and that's always been the case than his dominant right hand you know and it's just it's all about what you are showing him he's going to dominate both hands both sides and you know with even the most different angles the way he spins the ball it's just you know I mean, he talked about, you know, uh, he trained by putting a, a, uh, a what was it, a grocery bag on the ball, and that was kind of well, how he yeah. You know, so he did a lot of unorthodox training drills that people have since tried to mimic, but then we realized he's just rare. Yeah. <laughs> you try, but you can't duplicate that. That's just different. He's a rare, rare breed. Uh, it's certainly – Worthy of appreciating Kyrie while he's playing in the NBA at this level. Still 30 years old. A lot of basketball left in his career if he wants to keep playing it and that sort of thing. Pretty wild. It's crazy because you see number one prospects all the time in the world of college basketball recruiting. Not always do they pan out, uh, but I think it's fair to say that Kyrie Irving certainly uh, is worthy of being one of those top high school basketball recruits a decade later looking back at everything. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, his, uh, 
he was a legend, man. He was a legend. That that senior year run, even the junior year run, he played with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, and people forget he played for the legendary Kevin Boyle, <laughs> who is now at Montverde, was at St. Patrick, New Jersey guy who has moved to Florida, the sunny uh, sunny weather in Florida. And he, that's worked out pretty well for Kevin Boyle. No doubt. <laughs> you know, so, um, but, you know, that was, a, that was another thing that really stood out about Kyrie was his ability to be coached. Because if you know anybody who knows Kevin Boyle, no, he don't care about nothing. You can be Kyrie, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. You can be uh, who he has now, the traveling all-star team that they have this year with Liam McNeely and Cooper Flagg and all those guys. But, you know, if you're not playing defense, you're not doing what he says. And he would get on Kyrie. Like, Kevin Boyle would ride Kyrie. Um, I was always shocked at that because, you know, he's like the number one player in the country, number one point guard for sure. And he would really ride him and rip into him when he wasn't doing the right thing, which is not very normal, not very often. But he would rip into him. And Kyrie would just take it in stride, and he would be like, yes, sir, yes, coach. And um, his ability to be coached even, even at his dominant level was something that always stuck out to me. And now we get to merge our conversations today here together to wrap it up because I'm glad you brought up Kevin Boyle and his work now at Montverde after being at St. Patrick's. We've seen R.J. Barrett, Dariq Whitehead, Cooper Flagg in the mix for Duke basketball, potentially there in the future. Going back to Darren Harris, going back to PBI, going back to relationships and leaving an imprint yeah. and impressions on coaching staffs. Look at what we were just able to do, Jason. We brought this whole thing back full circle because that relationship with Kevin Boyle has yeah. certainly paid off for Duke basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, that is the pipeline you want to have in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you want that my bird pipeline. That is a No doubt about that. Well, Jason, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you each and every week. Thanks again for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, and always. All right, that's our good pal Jason Jordan, the Director of College Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, joining us on the program today. Again, our proud presenting sponsor is LinkedIn for all college basketball and college football recruiting needs. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, subscribe on YouTube as well. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do a talk tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.